Well, we'll stick with the theme of Mother's Day as we have all day. And uh, we just finished our sermon series in the book of James. And uh, that was, uh, for at least for me and several of the pastors, very profitable in our walk with, with Christ. But today, uh, we're going to look and talk about mothers. We're going to talk about mothers. Let's, let's look at a couple of these pictures here. A mother is she who can take the place of all others, but whose place no one else can take. And uh, I'm sure many of you could attest to that. You mean to tell me your real name isn't Mom? You know, we, we refer to Mom, we talk to her about everything and about anything. And uh, she means uh, so much to us, uh, and it, it just becomes who she is. She is Mom. One vacation day a year, that's all I get? Well, we call it Mother's Day, but technically, you still have to work. And uh, as we are having a picnic at our house today, I, we could definitely say that uh, Sherry's probably going to be working today. And So, next one. See, I told you. So that's how she does it. Happy Mother's Day to super moms everywhere. And that's what a mom is. They're, they're super. They can do all kinds of stuff at the same time. They're not like uh, the men in the world who can only do one thing at a time. Next one. Speaking of that, moms, they're like dads, only smarter. And then my personal favorite, and you know what? I could definitely say that this next one is exactly what I would say about my wife. And, and it's perfect for our time. A worried mother does better research than the FBI. And, and, and that is so true. Somehow, uh, mothers have that intuition. Uh, mothers uh, can figure things out uh, better than anyone. Today, we're going to talk about four different mothers. Four mothers that, uh, that provide gifts or were provided gifts. Genesis 21, verses 1 through 6. 3 says, the Lord visited Sarah as she had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised, and Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. Think about that for a moment. Sarah had a child. So we, we, we may not think that that's a, that's a huge deal, but Sarah was 90 or 91 years old. And, and sometimes we take childbirth kind of for granted. My sister-in-law just recently had a child, and she was out the next day, went home. And childbirth is just a, an absolute tremendous and beautiful miracle uh, that happens. A woman carries around a baby for 40 weeks and then gives birth. That's something that we could be thankful for for moms. We could be thankful for the gift of breath. That's your first point. If we dig into Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Now, 
If any of you guys know me from my childhood, you know that I was no peach at all. In fact, this, this lady up here, that's my mom, her senior picture. And, and my mom, Linda, Linda Chapman, she, she knew that I was quite annoying. One of three boys, and, and we could really test her uh, quite a bit. Many times it didn't go well for me because I wasn't obeying my mom. I think I've told you the story of me being in McDonald's. I was about six years old, maybe seven, and I was quite annoying to my mom as we're waiting in line and probably asking for every possible thing I could imagine and running around, I'm sure, maybe even diving on the floor. And my mom slapped me across the face. And I turned and I looked at her and I said, that didn't hurt. It didn't go well for me that day. She wasn't happy. There was one time we were coming home from Wisconsin, from Hayward, Wisconsin, at a fishing trip. And we had all of the clothes in garbage bags on the top of our uh, station wagon, our blue station wagon. You know, they were probably duct taped up there. You know how it's done. Well, we're driving along the interstate, and all of a sudden, all the clothes start flying behind us. My dad pulls over to the left, so we're just off the fast lane. I immediately jump out to hear the words of my mom yelling, stop, and I don't heed. And I run back, and I start collecting all the clothes. I'm doing a good thing for mom and dad, even though my mom told me not to. And I collected the clothes for about a half mile. They could, they could barely see me. I was at the top of a hill. And then, going the opposite direction, a truck pulls over. And a guy yells to me, hey, kid, you want to ride? Sure. So I threw all the clothes in the back of his pickup. And my parents are watching this, and I'm sure my mom's pretty excited at this moment. <laughs> they can't hear anything going on. And I jump in this truck, and we head out. Remember, I was at the top of a hill. We head out, and they don't see us. Well, we had to go until we could find a turnaround. We came back and pulled in. And I literally had no idea. My mom, because I wasn't dead already, she wanted to kill me. Sometimes we have that effect on on moms, you know, but I was thinking that my mom did choose to have me. She, she gave me breath, and, and she allowed me to live, and, and she, she allowed me to, to flourish, and, and I, I actually thought, it's interesting, as crazy as I was as a little guy, as crazy, well, maybe I'm crazy now. But I have had the opportunity to preach the gospel for decades. I thought I could, I could identify directly 10 different people, at least 10 by name, of who truly gave their life to Jesus Christ due to my personal um, witnessing to them, my personal conversation with them. Wow. I, I'm not saying that 
that, that's me. Obviously, it's the Lord. You see, many of you moms see your child, and you see that little boy in McDonald's who's complaining and, and whining, and you, I think you need to maybe sometimes realize that, wow, what that child could become or who that child may be. My mom, I think, used to say, I brought you into this world and I could take you out. <laughs> Nathan's laughing back there. Maybe he's heard that too. <laughs> I want to encourage you to keep training your children, no matter what their age. Keep taking opportunities uh, to talk into their lives and to love and care for them, no matter what. Proverbs 1, 8 through 9 says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. You see, my dad, he took a lot of time to instruct my three brothers and me. He took a lot of time, a lot of time to discuss things. However, we did not forsake the teaching that my mom did. You know what my mom taught us? That's our, our first gift over here. My mom taught, despite my dad's absolute love for the South Side, all four boys became diehard Chicago Cubs fans. What a gift my mom has given us to be great Cubs fans. Can I get, no, I was going to say, can I get an amen? Cubs fans, you know, my mom taught us a lot. And you know what? A lot of times moms, they spend more time with their kids, teaching into their lives and talking to them, uh, understanding the emotions uh, that are going on, helping to identify uh, with their boys and their daughters of how to handle certain situations. John 19, 25 through 27 says, but standing by the cross of Jesus, were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. I urge you, moms, stand by your children, no matter what the situation is. I'm not saying to, to stick up for them and, and, and you go and make amends for what they've done wrong. I'm not saying uh, that you are supposed to build excuses for them, but stand by them. I, maybe it was in college. I, I was in criminal justice, and, and I was at a court, and, and I was sitting there in the audience uh, learning about the court system, and, and I, there was this young man who was in front of the judge, and the young man had, had committed a crime of shoplifting or something to that effect, and, and there was an old frail mother in the audience. And that old frail mother raised her hand. She's, she wasn't the attorney. She wasn't standing, sitting next to her son. She wasn't allowed to. And she raised her hand, and, and, and finally the judge took notice of her and, and thought it was extremely odd. Someone was raising their hand and, and allowed her to speak. And she just raised up her checkbook, and said, I want to pay for my son to get out. 
but I don't have enough money. And she pleaded with the judge right there. And the judge accepted and gave mercy to her and allowed a, a, a smaller fine, a smaller bail to be paid. This mother was, was pleading for her son. She loved her son, no matter the situation, no matter that he did wrong, she stood by him and loved him. And are you doing that with your child? Are you advocating for your child, no matter their age? Are you continuously standing by them? Moving on, Deuteronomy 4, 9 through 10 says, Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. How on the day that you stood before the Lord, your God of Horeb, the Lord said to me, Gather the people to me, that I may let them hear my words, so that they may learn to fear me all the days of their life on the earth, and that they may teach their children so. So Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, May 17th, uh, Sherry and I have the opportunity to celebrate 20 years of marriage. 20 years of marriage, and I'm obviously beyond thankful uh, for our love and, and uh, our, our marriage and, and watching her uh, raise our children. And, and I'm thankful with this second gift. And, and this is the gift that I was given, which was the gift of a bride. I was given the gift of a bride. In fact, this next picture, Jacob, this is my mother-in-law. This is her senior picture, and she happens to be with us today. And, and she is my favorite mother-in-law in the entire world. Leave that picture there. Don't worry, I didn't bend it in order to get it here. It was already bent. Some of you moms are thinking, oh, no. You see, I'm thankful because as we read in Deuteronomy, Sue, my mother-in-law, she took Sherry to church. She had Sherry go to Bible studies and youth group. She sent her to Bible camp so she could mature in her faith in Jesus Christ. And Sue, I want to thank you directly for raising a child that is in love with Jesus Christ. Uh, that you raised a woman that is a hard worker, great work ethic. Thanks for raising her so she could raise our children in the exact same way of loving Jesus Christ. I should be thanking you for loving me so much because of the gift that I have because you have disciplined and you have helped her become the wife and the mother that she is today. Thank you. You see, moms, you have a crucial job. You have an actual, absolutely crucial job in this society, in this world. Because you're preparing, most likely, your sons and your daughters to be someone else's spouse to be someone else's everything. 
what a huge job that is. And it, it, it should be alarming to each of us that we re need to remind ourselves, I, I know for Sherry and I, that we have been blessed with five children to raise. Five kiddos. And, and, and what a special job that is to prepare them for that next phase. And they may not get married, but we are preparing them to serve Jesus Christ, preparing them to uh, dig into the world and, and understand the world from the eyes and through the eyes of Jesus. What a, what a fabulous job. And your influence obviously won't only affect your child, but your child's spouse and Lord willing, your children's children, and then their children. So be steadfast, moms. Be steadfast. Well, the third, third mom that I want to talk about was is in this bag. The third mom has given a, a tremendous gift, an absolute tremendous gift. You see, breath of a child is, is tremendous. It, it is, is absolutely crucial. And, and I think I could argue that the gift of a bride is, is a close second. But this gift, this gift that, that I received, this gift was eternal. The gift of a Bible. This, Bi this is a Bible that, that my grandma had given me. I think we have a picture of her. That's Grandma Chapman, Louise Gertrude Chapman. And she gave me this Bible at Christmas in 1993. I'd given my life to Jesus Christ a couple years before that. And, and I had no idea about scripture. This was my freshman year of college. I came home and, and got this gift. You can see it's been used a little bit. I've got a lot of different markings in here from different things. This is where I learned Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. You know the verse. Tremendous. New King James Version, words of Christ in red. My, my grandma loved God's word, and she gave me this gift. You see, she was already spending a significant time praying for me and for my brothers and my cousin, but she knew that it had to go to a different level, that I had to dig into God's word. You know, it was just after that Christmas in 93. My brother Jeff and I were, were sitting on the couch in Newark. And we're watching a football game. And, and they're holding up a sign as they're kicking the field goal, John 3.16. You know, my brother asked me, Phil, what, what is that John 3.16? That must be from the Bible, right? I could not tell him what it was. So we went, and it was behind the couch, was this Bible, 
that I had gotten for Christmas. And it probably took us many minutes to find John 3.16, even though it's got the nice little tabs that only a couple of them are there now. What's John 3.16? Who knows that? Jill, I knew you would raise. I, I almost wrote that in my notes. Jill will raise her hand. You see, that verse, I didn't know John 3.16. But because of this Bible, I was able to learn it. Because of the love that my grandmother had for me, I was able to start digging into God's word in a real way. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out of God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. John 3.16, Romans 5.8, Revelation 3.20, Genesis 1.1. All of them, all of them will help strengthen me in my faith and my walk with Jesus Christ. And that's what scripture does. So you see, my grandma was wise. She was wise. She gave me God's word. It never returns void. It is profitable. It teaches me. And, it, and it's helped to teach me not to love money, not to love sports. You see, she could have given me those gifts. She could have given me money or given me a car or, or a house. But no, she gave me something that is truly priceless. Truly price, priceless. And that's, that's the challenge to moms. Is that even though you can give a lot of different gifts, you can give of your time, your talent, or your treasure, give them the word of God. Teach them the word of God. Help them to know who God is and to trust him. And as grandma did, pray for them. Pray for them. Get on your knees and pray for them. And I encourage all of us to do the same thing. Not just moms, obviously. I'm focused on moms, but dads and grandpas and uncles and aunts. We all have a huge responsibility for the children that we're raising. Finally, let's talk about the last mom, Hannah. You guys know the story of Hannah in 1 Samuel? You see, Hannah, she, she had a, a, an issue where, where she was looking to get a gift of her own. You know, there's a lot of women in this world that they have difficulty or they can't have children on their own. And, and that was a, obviously a huge deal. And, and there was this, she, she's begging God for this miracle. So let, let's talk about Hannah's. So she wanted a gift. So there's this Hannah's husband, and, and Hannah's husband, he had two wives. That's never a good thing anyway, to have two wives. But Hannah, Hannah's husband had two wives. And, and one of the wives was the one he loved tremendously, which was Hannah. And the other one, well, he didn't love her tremendously, but she was able to have a lot of kids. And, and, and Hannah couldn't have any, for whatever reason. And, and every year, they would go up and, and they would go worship the Lord. And they'd do a sacrifice, and Eli the priest was up there, and they would go up there and worship the Lord. 
And when they would do that, Hannah would be there praying that she would get a miracle. And the other wife, well, she would just make fun of Hannah. She would mock her and laugh at her and, and, and say, ha, you can't even have kids. And, you know, an interesting side note, with, with social media today, sometimes we get a little insensitive to good friends, to close acquaintances or even family members that can't have children or, or are having some difficulties with their child or, uh, or, 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 or just some scenarios. Just be cautious. Be cautious just as a, uh, as a loving person of what you're posting and, and how you're posting that. So H Hannah starts just asking God for a blessing. Hannah's asking God for a blessing. In fact, Eli looks over at Hannah, and Hannah is just moving her mouth, and, and Eli, the priest, believes that Hannah is drunk because she's just over there weeping and praying for God but she's not doing it out loud, but her lips are moving as she's talking to God, and she's just asking God for an absolute blessing, an absolute blessing just to change her uh, opportunity to have children. And Eli approaches her, finds out what she's actually up to and that she's not drunk, and he says, I will give you a blessing, and you shall receive your prayer you see, moms, just as I talked about Grandma Chapman, are you begging the Lord for things in your life? Truly calling out to God, pleading for whatever it might be. Because God hears you. Scripture's clear. When you are a follower of Jesus Christ, he hears you. He hears your call. Cry out to God for your children. So about nine months later, she was given a little baby, a little baby boy, and he's beautiful, and she names him Samuel, as the book is titled. Hannah spends a, a lot of time with Samuel, loves on him and cares for him. Eventually, he's eating regular food, and at that point... Hannah takes him up to Eli to go worship and to sacrifice for the Lord of hosts. And at that moment, she gave the boy back to God. Can you imagine that? You see, in her prayer, in her prayer in 1 Samuel chapter 1, you will see that Hannah actually prayed and said, I will Give my boy. I will devote all to him, all to you, God. The boy will be yours if you give him to me. She devoted and gave back the boy to God, and she followed through. And she gave Samuel to Eli to raise, to be in service of the Lord. Are you doing that? Not that you're giving me your kids but that you are devoting yourself to God. You're devoting your children to God. Are you, are you truly handing them over? You see, we worry all the time. 
as parents. We worry about our kids. We worry about what they're doing. And I'm sure, as I have found out over the last almost 18 years of being a parent, that I'm just going to become more worried about the things that they're doing or traveling. or. So when your kids become adults, as many of you do have adult children, continue to give them back to God. Hand them over to God. Release them to God. Just as Hannah did. I mean, just absolutely amazing that she handed, them, handed her son over to God. You see, the goal of being a parent is to help your children understand who Jesus Christ is. Amen? That, that's our goal, is who is Jesus Christ? We want them to own that truth. Just as my mother-in-law Sue did with Sherry. I want to do with my children so that when they leave our home, that they trust in Jesus Christ, that they stand firm and that they will not be blown in the wind. See, if you can do that, if you, if you train up someone who is, who is a humble person for Jesus Christ, who's given their life, they will be a humble person in their lives. So a whole bunch of things start fa falling into place when you train them up and give them to the Lord. And I know that some of your children or some children that we know that they fall away or that they walk away. Keep praying for them. Keep loving them just the same. They, they are not perfect, just like we're not perfect. But we can keep loving them. They cannot stop us from loving them, from praying for them, from preaching scripture to them in unique and applicable ways. Honor the Lord. Interesting enough, Hannah was blessed all of her days. She was given many more children after she gave up her child to the Lord. Give up your child, your children to the Lord. That is the greatest gift you can give them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we are thankful to serve you and to worship you in whatever way that we can. And one of those ways, God, as we discuss, is raising our children. May we raise our children to serve you all of their days. Uh, we pray for our children, young and old children. We pray for them, that you will bless them, uh, that we will have opportunities to talk to them about who you are. Lord, mend relationships where they need to be mended. Utilize this Mother's Day to bring back little boys and little girls that have moved from home and that they could mend the relationship with mom. May this day be a blessing to you, God. Though we are blessing the moms, may it be a blessing to you. Thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. 
for your life and your death and your resurrection. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.